0: Hi, I'm James Brooks, and welcome to From the Factory Floor, a conversational podcast about all things startup and tech, brought to you by the folks at thestartupfactory.tech. Welcome to episode 23 of From the Factory Floor. Obviously, last week, we spoke to Reese from Social Plug, where he spoke about his journey and how he's got to the stage that he's got to. A slight change of plan for this week, so we were planned on speaking to Gavin. However, the startup world is fluid, as we know. And myself and Ian, my co-host, are well delighted to welcome back Alexa.
1: Hey, Hi, Alexa, good to be back. Hi,
0: Alexa, we have had a bit of a hiatus. Alexa, you managed to hide from us. <laughs> the morning after the Champions League, and I
2: think on the. Uh... One of the earlier podcasts I described you as the Kevin de Bruyne of the uh, the tech startup world, Alexa. So very appropriate. You're now into the semi-finals. So uh...
1: yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, few really. It was it was a close call last night. That's why I'm so happy to be here now. <laughs>
0: <laughs> rather than a, rather than that down note of a uh, potential loss, I mean, as Burnley fans, we're used to having that, especially at the moment. So. Regardless of the football, today's topic is all about the role of a CTO within a startup. So I think as a starter for 10, it's probably almost looking at the wider role of a CTO, not just in a startup. Alexa, where do you see the responsibilities really of what a CTO actually does within a startup?
1: When you say a CTO, a Chief Technology Officer, um, first thing comes to mind is technology and ha- and code and everything related to it. But the the role of CTO is is, is much broader and it's um, complex. Um, I think I would say there there are kind of two types of activities that are specific for this role. One, there is an inward facing. CTO role: someone who is hands-on, responsible for designing and building the platform and the tech team, and making sure that that, that it's delivered and it, it does what it's supposed to do. Ensure, ensuring, you know, security credentials and the regulatory requirements. Anything really reco- relevant to the core technology. On the other side, there is there is also the the outward-looking part of the role, which is sometimes. Forgotten, but probably as is important, and depending on circumstances, maybe even more important. Being being a strong communicator, communicating with key stakeholders on the board level, investors, but also with internal teams, sales, for example, and supporting commercial activities within the company. So I think those two would combine to make like a perfect CTO role. Although because it's so broad, it's not as easy to fit all of that into a single person. So there are different ways how to approach that.
2: Yeah, I'm glad you've, you've started off with that, Alex, because I think for me, everyone just sees the T aspects in the in the CTO role and, and the communication and people skills and the commercial acumen you need. I mean, you've been a brilliant example to us, both on our, our own uh, journeys, we've built our team, our own technology prowess, but with those startups that um, we've helped develop and as they're kind of released into the wild, you know, you've had an integral part. I mean, often I think it, it's in really underestimate the role of the CTO because when you see startups startup is going for those early customers or those partnership relationships, the, the technology DD that the third party or investors look at, it's down to the CTO rather than the founder. To actually build those credentials and, and give them confidence. So, yeah, there's, there's, it's much more like a commercial CTO, really, is the aspect, I'd say, that a startup needs.
1: Yeah, I think I think that's a quite a good name, really, commercial CTO and a technical CTO. And I think you, you need both. But as you say, the technical bit is always a bit more visible and everybody thinks just about that. But there is there is there's much broader kind of responsibility there.
2: Yeah, and the reason I've kind of given you the uh, Kevin De Bruyne label is, is that at one level, you, you're kind of a wizard on the, the kind of tech challenges at strategic level, but also show an, an amazing helicopter thinking ability to kind of do the top stuff and then really drop down and do some coding, but great people skills as well. And again, in that internal, external split. So yeah, the the, the all-rounder aspect of the experience you've, you've garnered before you came to us, you know, both from a technical and the commercial exposure. So I think when when non-tech founders are looking for a CTO to join their team, don't just go with someone who's got great tech chops. What's their people skills? What's their commercial skills? You know, those are really important attributes of what makes a good startup CTO.
1: Uh, I, I agree. I agree, and I think it's from a startup perspective, you will be looking for someone to to take, for, especially for a non-technical founder, to take that tech responsibility to build something. You know, hands on deck. Let, let's build it. And it is it is quite important, but it sometimes can be forgotten about these other aspects. And and if you were to, you know, it's not just about building. You know, the the, the product, and a lot of CTOs do come into this role from kind of tech background. They already have a passion and skills in the technology. But success of a of a startup and a business in general is is only a part of it. Is is the quality of the software or the platform that they are building? It is about building the team. It is about you know attracting uh, and inspiring investors and, and everyone else, sales teams and ev- everyone else around around the, the company.
2: So, so perhaps it'd be worthwhile, Lex, just just spending a couple of minutes sharing with us your, your career path. And, and how, you know, those stages and the experience you've garnered along the way, because there'll be founders listening to this who'll be then interested in the lessons and learnings from yourself in terms of the sort of person they need to hire, but also maybe some senior tech people, lead engineers who are looking for that CTO step. What advice would you give to them, just drawing the, the analogies through your own career journey?
1: Yeah, my, my path is is. I think fairly typical. I'm I'm a techie. Technology is my passion. I've been coding since since early days, really, and and that's my my first few roles in 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 job market and career where, where, you know starting with a developer, senior developer, consultant, or anyone else really doing the hands-on stuff. And that that's where my passion is really. And even now as a CTO, that that's what I enjoy doing. Although uh, probably not as much time to for it as in the past. But what I did kind of realize uh, in the early days that that technology is a, this big opaque thing for many people, although the techies will understand it and, and make it kind of an easy thing. A lot of people don't. And I've seen teams and, and projects uh, with a lot of talented people not succeeding, but not because there's no talented technology, but because there's that lack of that communication really to, to make technology actually work to what it's supposed to do. Uh, and that's where I kind of move into, you know, being more of a kind of a team lead uh, role uh, and basically using my communication skill not only to inspire my fellow team members, but also engaged with 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 uh, other stakeholders, non-technical ones specifically, that make a big difference in, in success in a lot of projects. But still at the time, trying to keep that kind of tech spark being the one that can always pick you know, the, the hardest problem or the problem that no one else ha- wants to pick. So being the last result, but someone who can solve everything. So I think that, that worked well for me because I think as a CTO, you, you have to build the trust of your tech team, and that's not easy. But also you have to build trust and, and a relationship with, with the stakeholders who are not technical, and finding that balance is very important. I was lucky to find it. And then just built on that as we go along. Went along, tried it in, in big teams, small teams, larger organizations, smaller ones. But then I found, obviously, that it's kind of most impact and, and most interest lies in the kind of startup world, which is why why I'm now talking to you and, and working with the startup factory. And I think that's. I mean, I think the team
0: and the inward thing is obviously one of the key things. that you do within the startup factory in terms of you know you have built the team that we currently have technically, and also how you use your communication to relay all the technical information to, you know, people like myself and Ian who aren't technical and don't have that sort of depth of knowledge that you've got and manage to develop and do that in a way which we can understand and then really influence the commercial discussions is, um, you know, well, key to what we do, really. So, I mean, one of the things you did mention, Lexa, is obviously through your career, obviously you've been in both big companies and small What's the key difference for you? You found when you've been in a big company too. Obviously, the startup world.
1: I think that the the main difference is the the level of responsibility and um, decision making that you have in a smaller company in a big in a bigger company in like a bigger team. You're surrounded with people who, who are doing things that have the same goal as you. So you you can share the decision making. You can share the, you know the hiring process. You share the technical decisions. On every level, you know, from from engineer to team lead to you know a, a, a program manager to to CTO or a larger company, there is a sup- much bigger support on every level. I think in a startup world, you start small, isn't it? So it's it's founder and maybe as CTO, there's a lot of decisions to be made. There are things to be done hands on. There's things to be done strategically. There, there are some things you need to do, maybe not in a perfect way, to move things forward, to be to realize how to. Approach technology to find the right balance between the pace and speed uh, and delivery and the quality and you know everything else that comes comes with that, The team building. So I think that's the main difference. There is a lot more responsibility. It's much more fun, I would say. It's <laughs> it's much more challenging as well. So it's um it's an interesting ride.
2: Yeah, <laughs> from a from a you know myself from a non tech. Background. I think there's three, three things that I've, I've observed, Alexa, that um, you've, you've done. So I think you kind of unpack the founder's thinking and help share the vision from concept to reality. So you kind of paint the picture. I think you make sure, secondly, that there's a strategic focus on where the tech needs to go. But also then, I've also noticed several times, you kind of bring them back down to earth. You know, we don't need to be perfectionist at the moment. Let's, let's just build something. Let's get it out there. So maintaining the, the technical vision, but the, the pragmatic stuff of where we need to be in, in our startup journey. And then thirdly, I think aligning the business and technology goals. And that's, I think, one of the strongest things you do because you, your strong communication skills and your experience, you can see what the founders are trying to do, what the commercial opportunity is, and what the technical solution needs to be. But you kind of create that nice arbitrage on timing, where we need to spending our effort, where our focus needs to be. So I think those are the three things for me that, that you've brought. And I think no, don't you know underestimate ultimately, as you've said, the, <laughs> the responsibility, the assumption is. That we will get to where we want to get to, and it will work. And I think there's an, an, un, an unwritten assumption that the CTO kind of makes us, makes that happen.
1: Yes, yeah, absolutely. I think you you said a few things there that quite that resonate quite quite well. I think you mentioned perfectionism, and I think not only in the technology CTO world, but in startups as well, that that's a very dangerous thing to, to have. I think uh, perfectionism for me can be just a, a mask for a bit of fear. Or, fa- or failure and feedback, really. And same goes in technology. I mean, you have to find the right balance. You, you said it right there. I mean, you have to have a vision. You know where you want to go. But you won't get there in one or two steps. You probably make a hundred. So so making sure that you make those first steps the right way is, is very important. And, and, and again, the decision-making, I think that's another thing that a lot of CTOs sometimes struggle and, and, and feel that that's kind of, you know, overwhelming, you know, expect- In tech company expectations, the CTO knows where we're going to be. Honestly, uh, we probably don't. But we have that kind of um, confidence in, in, in technology, in skills, in people that we will get there because all problems are solvable. That's my mantra. Everything can be solved. Uh, so, so that's why I'm not afraid to make a decision, even if, it, if sometimes they're not perfect ones because everybody makes mistakes and, and you have to just embrace that. I think hopefully you two will agree from the entrepreneurship side of things that that is how you have to be thinking and not be afraid of of, of making some big bold decisions.
2: Yeah, I think they, um, working with you, I've learned I've learned so much as well about pace and aspiration and growth and how we you know what we need to do. But but I, I kind of see certainly in the last twelve to eighteen months the. you've been stretched in completely new ways. I mean, with the way we have you as our CTO for ourselves, but working with our clients, um, we kind of expect you to be better informed of all the latest trends and all the technologies. While you're kind of of business savvy, you're understanding what we're trying to do with our own team, the the founding team. You know, know, we talk about front-end and back-end in the dev world, but you have to kind of sit across the front to back, the whole impact. Being aware of what will create revenue streams, simplifying the ways of working, but at the same time, making sure it's resilient, you'll reduce the risk. I must admit, kind of looking over your shoulder at, at times, your, your day job is, I think it's really exciting, but goodness me, how you how you channel and you, how you focus as a CTO, it, it's just not about the tech, it's a holistic view
1: no and and i think uh, everybody needs to realize and again this is not specific to, to ctos or technology really uh um, one person can't do everything that's just impossible so what you what you need to do is is obviously stay informed which kind of comes with a cultural fit with the role if you're interested in technology you will stay informed informed about, about things but also i mean i'm you know i consider myself a pretty good developer even now even though i'm not doing it uh, hands on for for a few years uh but i'm not the best and, and I, I mean a lot of people i work with and work with me and for me are better in many things that i am and, and i rely on that really so so i don't have to think about every single detail of every aspect of the development uh, i mean keeping keeping a big picture in your head and knowing when you when to step back and not to get bogged down in details is is important but it is something you learn i think i mean you think about challenges really i've sometimes in the past been a victim of going too deep into some things that I thought were important, or maybe they weren't simply because they were kind of close to, to me and my thinking. But what you just said there is, 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 I guess uh, it comes with experience. It comes with you know working with the um, right-minded people and and the CTO, as much as they mentor and support others in technology and how technology can can make a difference, they they also are mentored by people. Coming from a business side and learning, learning that aspect of thinking commercially as well.
2: Mm. And looking for me as well, I I think you look at some of the the startups we have in our in our stable. I, I do think in the future the CTO becoming the CEO of some of these businesses would make sense because the it gets to a point where the business's technology is the product. And that, I think, really needs that that clear focus. I mean, James, you've worked with all our kind of um, startup ventures. What what, what do you think about that, that the CTO becoming the CEO um, in the future?
0: I think, I mean, when it comes to most CTOs, and I think Alexa, like you say, is kind of a unicorn in some ways, just without the horn, in that not many individuals who are in tech also have the communication ability. But also have the commercial acumen to be able to look and make decisions at a high level, which aren't just about the deep dive tech, wanting to work on the cool things, but looking at, like you said, what's going to bring bring in revenue, what's the key attributes. I think finding someone like Alexa, who can do transition from that CTO technical role, with the understanding of the technical product, and that commercial is almost the perfect CEO. But finding that one person to do that is often going to be one of the trickiest hiring conundrums that people have because it is such a complex role and having that huge skill set and the experience to know which way to go isn't something that is is that common, at least from sort of my experience of looking at most CTOs, love the tech, and that's kind of what they want to do. The commercial side is almost... Leave that to the commercial managers. Leave that to the current CEO, rather than necessarily going into that as well.
1: Well, I mean, yeah, I wouldn't consider myself a perfect CTO in any in shape or form, but I do agree with both of you that that if it is, you know, if the if the company is tech and the tech is the product, then there is a role for, for a CTO or someone with that those kind of skills to lead the company overall. I think why that can be a challenge is because a lot of CTOs are coming from that path of you know. Engineering growing up, so maybe that that doesn't come naturally to them. Uh, but but I think you, you'll also find a lot of people coming the other way. You know, being a CEO but re- running a tech company, getting so much familiar with technology that they understand it much better. So I think it kind of it, it is a kind of a two way two way path really. Your so CTO becoming a CEO, but also CEO becoming a CTO as well mm. in a technology driven company.
2: What what aspects of it? Do you not enjoy Alexa? I mean, I think you're always so positive, um, enthusiastic, you're kind of a good problem solver, good creativity, good innovation. What are the aspects of the role that kind of are uh, kind of, ugh, I've got to dig into that today? <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, I think, I mean, I guess broadly than that, if you want to be in kind of leadership positions in any kind of work, you have to enjoy what you do. I mean, it can't be a job. It can't be, you know, it's nine o'clock, I have to go to the office. It has to have that mindset May that that's kind of really important to me. So I think everything I do, I on purpose try to enjoy because if I weren't, I wouldn't do, be doing it. And that's, that's kind of the main thing, the main driver for me go- going forward. But if I have to pick something, I think I'm still, you know, coming, I'm still a techie. I still come from technology and I've probably rather stare at my screen and code all day than, than talk to people all day. Um, I've come to peace to it, with it and I enjoy doing it, but obviously sometimes you need to find an extra motivation for a long meeting or talking to a people to people who maybe culturally are not kind of a good fit talking to you as well. So I think those things, you know, people aspects for me have been things that I have had to learn and, and probably can find challenging occasionally.
2: Yeah, yeah. No, it's good. I think it's good. Every everything's different, every day is different. That's the detraction of, of kind of working in a startup. But I, I guess for me to summarise, I'd, I'd, you know, if you look at this, I'd say there are four stages in a startup. What What's the role of the CTO in those stages? So in that first stage, when we're looking at the business idea, I think what the CTO does is kind of assess the technical feasibility. Once we're into that second stage and we're developing the MP the MVP you know the architecture, the infrastructure, that early stage stuff. Third stage, looking at product market fit. I, again, this is where I come to the, the point earlier about you know it stretches you, but you know you you have all this within your Kevin De Bruyne toolkit. You know the, reaching product market fit is then about infrastructure, security, building the, the team, the coding culture, and then even into growth where we're still hands on hands in at that kind of fourth stage. You know, you're continuing to help develop the product vision and ensuring the, the kind of competitive advantage is still there with the the, the technology vision. So any, any non-tech founders that, that kind of are thinking of doing something, those for me are the four stages, and that's what the CTO brings. And, you know, we're more than happy anyone listens to the podcast to come having a chat with me and Alexa about the profile of a CTO or, or indeed the kind of CTO as a service that we provide.
1: Yes, I think I think you very well summarized it there. I think what what I would just maybe maybe just add is the, the CTO should be able to to look deep into the tech, but also be able to explain it and discuss it in very simple terms. And, and it, 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 that can be hard. And and the, the 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 better you get at it, going deep but also staying simple, is uh, means that you will do a better better job. I don't think there's anything more to add to on on top of that. And I know we're
0: getting towards the uh, final stage, so. In our usual fashion, Alexa, if, there's, if there was one piece of advice for someone who almost wanted to transition from their current role, whether that's tech or, well, mainly from the tech perspective, what would your one advice be to someone who wants to be a CTO and what they can expect?
1: If, if you're coming from a tech perspective, understand tech very well. The ability to talk about it in the simplest possible terms and be heard and understood is is a huge big big step for everyone trying to step up from that kind of technical role into a CTO role.
0: How about you, Ian? What would your advice be, someone who obviously has dealt more with CTOs than necessarily being one?
1: I think
2: because it's such a pivotal role at the day de- at day one and you know day seven hundred, it's about the person. It's it's you know about the person fit to you as a founder They're aligned to you, communication, personality, values, beliefs, cultural fit. I think it's, you know, you you can make an assessment and, and, you know, get some help to understand their technical ability, but the the CTO is going to be your right hand person, your go to person. Therefore, the relationship aspect of it is key to me. Find the right person day one and you won't go wrong.
0: I think I'd probably echo Alexa's sentiment of it's about the communication the ability to communicate a very technical product to someone in the least technical way possible both internally and externally is just invaluable so i think we're just about done chaps so i think ian next week i think we're joining mr remand and uh, talking about a divisive figure talking about right people of uh, mr musk yeah,
2: we're, we're going to kind of talk about entrepreneurial role models and uh, role models rather than heroes. I, I think at my age, you kind of walk through that that gate. We're looking at we're using Musk as an example of what I, I kind of refer to as sheer bloody mindedness, which I think has, is around tenacity, tenacity resilience, but having a vision. Um, really interesting guy. Really interesting backstory to what he's done. But, yeah, I mean, Guy's a Tesla driver, so he's a bit of a fanboy. I can say that <laughs> because he's not on this one. Um, but, yeah, we're looking at the attributes of Musk and, and kind of what we can take from that so to what makes a good startup founder.
0: Well, as long as he doesn't bring his boring company flamethrower onto the uh, podcast, <laughs> then I think we're all right. So thank you very much for your time today, Alexa. So if anyone wants
1: to get in contact and
0: potentially talk about CTO as a service or role of a cto what's the best way they can get hold of you
1: i think just go to the the starterfactory.tech website there are all our contact details there just reach out and and happy to have a chat cool and thanks again ian and thank you to everyone for listening
0: and we'll catch you on the next one thanks yeah. Cheers, guys thanks Bye. guys i think that just about wrap things up here if you have any thoughts or questions on anything we said today, get in touch, whether that be through our Twitter at RealTSF or email at hello at startupfactory.tech or feel free to drop in for a coffee and a chat. As ever, thanks for listening.